Welcome to our podcast, Autoimmune and You. I'm one of your hosts, Erica. And I'm your other host, Rachel. We're just two women with rheumatoid arthritis who are sharing our personal experiences managing this disease holistically. And we are both wellness coaches, so we are super passionate about empowering you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Hey, welcome back to Autoimmune and You. This is Rachel and... I'm Erica. <laughs> In case you haven't listened to us before. Um, and if you have before, welcome back. We are seriously blown away by all of your support. Like you guys have been sharing like crazy on social media and like putting ratings and reviews on all the things and like following on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, Acast. Like seriously, thank you so much for your outpouring of love and support. We appreciate you all so, so, so much. You have no idea. Like literally every time that someone shares on social media or sends a review or something, we're sharing it back and forth, like in text messages to each other. We're like, Oh my God, like this is really changing people's lives. And especially those reviews where it's like, this is exactly how it has changed my life. Or like, I love this episode because blah, blah, blah. Like that means so much to us. I mean, obviously like anything that you say. Yeah. Um, even if you're just like, love this podcast, but seriously hearing your stories is so touching and we're so appreciative of every single one of you. Um, kind of touching on that, I guess we had an autoimmune and you, um, we're calling our retreat, the healing through community retreat, because that is something that we both feel very strongly about in the autoimmune community is literally the community aspect and like all being in this together and like kind of healing that divide and changing the narrative of the community. And so we had the call on Monday. If you're listening to this, um, when it comes out on Wednesday, it happened a couple of days ago. And in case you missed that call, um, where we kind of went over details, we will have another call at the beginning of next year in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, probably yeah, so weird to hear. I know. Right. Uh-huh. I know the last two years ago. Okay. I, right. <laughs> We're like, uh, that's why this is even more needed right now. <laughs> exactly. So like probably January, uh, we'll have another call going over details. If you were not able to attend the first one and, um, you need to get on our email list or else you're not going to be notified of the next call. Yeah. So make sure that you email us autoimmuneandyou at gmail.com or message one of us on Instagram, uh, and make sure that you get on that list so that you get the updates about this healing through community retreat. It's going to be incredible. We are so freaking excited. Yesterday Mm -hmm. we were on the phone, um, talking about some details and just getting super freaking excited. Um, I will tell you, give you a little sneak peek, honestly. Um, I don't, I don't know. It just feels aligned to say it. Um, Erica doesn't even know this. I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, I talked to Lyric last night and I was telling her like about our idea for the soul flow, like Mm -hmm. workshop. And she was like, yes, yes, yes. Infinitely. Yes. I will be there. Just, I don't even care. Yes. And I was like, (gasps) (gasps) that is like, So a little bit of a like quick little background to give you guys a tiny little idea of some of the things to expect. We're not going to give you details on here. That's what the calls are for. But basically the way that came about is Erica and I were, we were like, what is our intention for this retreat? We want it to be like helping everyone to understand that in order to truly heal, you have to connect your mind, your soul, your body. And like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? And how do we Mm -hmm. do that? And how do we use community in order to foster that relationship within yourself? And so we were talking about some things that we want to do during the retreat. And we're like, okay, well, we need something more for like the soul aspect and the spirit and just like a little bit more like light and lively. And I just had this vision of me and one of my very dear friends, Lyric, who's a Reiki healer, energetic healer, all the things. Um, and we both, 
really, really are so passionate about music and about dancing. And yeah, I just had this vision of us like leading like a soul flow, like dance mm-hmm. workshop. And yeah. if you've seen my Instagram, you know how much I love dancing or if you know me in person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like it's happening. She was just like, yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Like I'll be there. So, oh my gosh. And then, <laughs> and then I also reached out to someone last night, no details given, uh, and they're, you know, someone in the community that's really well respected. Very well regarded. Oh my God. He, okay. I, he's a he, but <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but he's very like in alignment with everything we talk mm-hmm. about. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to share details on here. This is what the call yeah. is for, yeah, yeah. but it's going to be amazing because yeah. the information that he'll be able to provide to the people that come to our retreat is going to be so freaking good. And like we want people to leave educated, you know, empowered, inspired, mm-hmm. uplifted about their health journeys. And we're trying to, you know, we're going to have people that are going to be able to do that for the people that come to the retreat. Yeah. In like every single way, like for, yeah. and it's not a situation where like you come and you have to like attend all these things. It's like, if you want to attend the workshops, you can. And if you want to like, just come chill and be around other people who get it, like that's fine yeah. too. And eat amazing food. Oh my God. The be food. Being in nature, amazing <sighs> food, just like laughing, relaxing. Like we hope to get hanging out with us, <laughs> yes, hanging out with us when, in this beautiful space that we're going to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still in that process because obviously, uh, things are still, you know, unraveling as each week goes by, mm-hmm. but like, we're definitely trying to find the right location, but it's going to be amazing. Like Ugh. literally, like if, if someone was throwing this and I wasn't a part, like I would be like, yes, oh sign yeah, up. I need to be a part of this. Like, don't, I can't miss out on this. Yeah. <laughs> A thousand percent. I, I, I mean, you and I were talking about that on the phone yesterday. I was like, I wish something like this existed before because I would be there in a heartbeat. I mean, we're obviously going to be there and it's really exciting. And I literally, every time we're talking about it, I get like chills on chills on chills of like when we're planning for it. It's so exciting and just feels so freaking aligned. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that's our little spiel. Please make sure you are on the next call. Um, you need to be on our list in order to do that. And you will get all the details if you have not already. Um, there is a pre-enrollment period for kind of like early bird people. Um, and we can fill you in on the details on that, on the call. So in other news, um, <laughs> so many new- there's a lot of news. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There is. Yeah. I have a lot of news right now. Yeah. Okay. It's good. So- uh, whatever. First of all, I just got back from a doctor's appointment, um, with my primary care physician, And, um, basically the reason I guess I can like start with the other thing first, because the reason for the appointment. So basically, um, I moved to Oregon in September of 2020. I didn't find a primary care physician, um, in the area until I didn't go to him until like March. Cause his like new patient physical appointments or whatever were booking out so far. And, So I went to him for the first time in March of this year and haven't seen him since then. And like, when I went to him, I got like all my blood work done. Everything was good, whatever. And, um, at the time they said, when I just talked to them like a week ago, they said that they gave me a referral for a rheumatologist and I don't remember them ever giving it to me. And so this time when I called them for this thing that I'll talk about in a second, 
um, they were like, oh, well, it says that you, like, he referred you to a, a rheumatologist. And I was like, well, I never got any, like, I don't have any information for a rheumatologist like that. I don't know. I didn't happen. And so they referred me again and I called and I tried to make an appointment and the soonest they could get me in was May. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And this is the crazy part is like, I've always heard horror stories of that, mm-hmm. of people not being able to get in as a new patient with a rheumatologist for months and months and months. And when I was first diagnosed, I was so lucky to, I mean, lucky and not lucky. I was like in such a bad state that I went specialist to specialist. And finally I got referred to a rheumatologist and she saw, she was able to see me literally like that week. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something that I now realize is not the norm, but at the time, like I didn't know anything about anything, you know, I didn't know how yeah. any of this works. So I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Like, and at the time I remember it was like, I couldn't get an appointment for about a week. And it was like, to me, that was a long time, you know, cause I was like in pain and I was really inflamed and all the things like I couldn't even walk by myself. Um, and so now it's weird. Like knowing that when I lived in LA, I could get in with my rheumatologist literally whenever I needed. And then going to like, now I have to wait six months to see a rheumatologist in Portland. And I've never established care with one before, which just feels like really weird. But in the meantime, I'm able to see my primary care physician and he is incredible. Um, so the reason that I had to go see him is a really, really like, it's so freaking hard to talk about. And I honestly like went back and forth between like saying it and not saying it on here. Um, but it feels important to share. And obviously like we are nothing if we're not transparent on this podcast and honest with our journey. And Mm -hmm. this is where I'm at in my journey right now. So basically I've talked in the past about how I literally have like at least a three month supply of Plaquenil in my like medicine cabinet. Um, because when I stopped taking it, they kept sending it to me and I was taking, like, they were sending it to me as if I was taking two a day. So like, I have a lot of it and, um, it just sits there and stares at me. Right. And I talked a couple episodes ago about like, if I have a feeling like I just need to bite the bullet and do it, like I will and start taking it again. And so November 1st, it was a Monday. I remember I had like for a couple of weeks before that, basically, since I talked about it on the podcast, I had like really dove deep on like, is this something I really want to do? Like, does it feel aligned? And what I came to the conclusion of is I am doing a lot more like physical activity in general than I was this time last year. So this time last year, I was only running my business from home. I was like, you know, going on walks with my dog and working out and stuff. But I was not like riding my bike to and from work, like three miles a day, um, each way. It's like, you know, seven to eight miles a day. I was not coaching three to four fitness classes multiple times a week. Um, and I have been like experiencing lots and lots of little baby flare ups for the past, like, honestly, like probably three to four months. Um, and it's kind of started to toll on my mental health a little bit. And even just like the fact that every time I get a little flared up like that, my body, just like my stomach specifically, like, you know, we all have that like thing that makes us like not feel sexy or whatever. And like my stomach starts bloating and like, I hate it. It like, it's, it sounds ridiculous because people are like, Oh, like you're skinny, but everyone has their own thing. Like, please Mm -hmm. hear me out. Yeah. Um, I hate it. Bloating's uncomfortable. I mean, it's It's uncomfortable. I like look at myself and I'm just like, Ugh. Mm -hmm. and I am like sick of that. I'm sick of like waking up and like being some degree of like pretty stiff most mornings, especially when the weather is changing when the weather's nicer. Like I feel pretty good, 
Um, but yeah, anyway, I've just been experiencing a lot more little flare ups and it's not as a result of like, you know, anything I've been eating or anything like that, because yeah. I've been eating pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, and very like nothing really outside of the norm besides what I talked about on the last episode, which is like pumpkin, like little things yeah. here and there that I'll yeah. notice. Oh, maybe I'll eat less of that. And so anyway, long story short, it was Monday, November 1st. And I was just like, you know what? I think it's like, I'm going to start taking it. Mm-hmm. I started taking one Plaquenil, so one 200 milligram pill every night. Um, mm-hmm. And when I was b- back when I was on Plaquenil, I was on two per day. And then I got weaned down. Um, you could probably find the episode. I don't know. I probably talked about it in a few episodes at this point, honestly. But when I was first diagnosed, I was on 400 milligrams a day. So two pills a day. And then after that, my ophthalmologist, long story short, was like, you're on way too high of a dose. And my rheumatologist put me on um uh, like 800 milligrams less per week. And so I'm taking like half of what I was when I was first diagnosed. And honestly, I've been taking it for just over two weeks now, um, once a night. And I don't really feel a difference yet, but Plaquenil is one where it builds up in your system and it can take up to three months to like really show up. Um, and so basically long story short on that, I called my doctor just to be like, Hey, I started taking this thing. Yeah. Um, which do not do as I do do as I say, like tell your doctor before you're going to start something like that. But I am just like, at this point, you can't get in. You can't get in. Exactly. What are you going to do? So I, I couldn't get in with the rheumatologist and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to start taking it. And I also like, I was on it for so long and I know Yeah, you've been on it. I was on it before. Um, you know, it's in my chart and whatever. And I also know my body so much better than I did when I was on it. And so I also am like very in tune with like, how is this affecting me, which I'll talk about in a second. But so basically I called my doctor and was like, Hey, I started taking this medication again and I want to get in and get some blood work done. And the PA called me back and was like, um, he wants you to come in so you can see him before like we, you know, discuss further and like, yes, you can absolutely get blood work done. So I went in today and he is literally the most incredible PCP I've ever had. He is amazing. He heard me out. He was like, yeah, like, you know, I was a little worried when I saw the like message come through because, um, that you wanted to, um, that you needed to come in for an appointment because you last time we talked, he was like, you were like gung ho about like, I'm healing holistically and I weaned off medications. And he was like, so like, what you okay? Like what's going on? And I told him basically, what I just said that like, I'm doing all these things now, like I'm more physically active now. And I just like, I would love the possibility to like, not wake up with a bunch of morning stiffness or like not have a question mark in my mind of like, how much is the weather going to affect me today? Like, I would love to continue doing the things that I'm doing in life right now and have the possibility of not being so uncomfortable. Um, and to me at this exact moment, having chemicals like that in my body is worth it. If that would be the outcome. And I don't know if it is, I don't know how it's going to affect me because it takes a while to build up mm-hmm. and who knows, I might like hate the way it makes me feel. But if I, if, if that were to happen, I would get off of it, you know, like yeah. no big deal. So anyway, I told him and he was like, you know what? He's like, yeah, like I, um, I know that we referred you to rheumatology and I know that they're booking like three to four months out. So I just want to make sure that you got in. And I was like, oh no, it's in May. He was like, what? He was like, that is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? In the meantime, like I'm in your corner. I got you. He's like, I'm obviously not a rheumatologist, but um, he's like, you know, I'll keep this Plaquenil in your chart. If you need a refill, like you just let us know, nice. like I will do anything that you need. I want you to feel good. 
Um, if that means you wean off, like, that's fine. Like, let's talk about it though. He was like, obviously like, I'm not a specialist in this field. Um, and he was like, unfortunately, I know that there's like a huge shortage, shortage of rheumatologists right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, cause they don't make money. And he was like, you know, our, uh, hospital doesn't even have like a specific rheumatology department. He was like, we always refer out for it. He was like, because they literally don't make money for like the hospital or whatever. And he was like, it's such a shame. Like, I'm so sorry that you have to go through this, but like, I got you whatever you need. Like just, he was like, if you need anything, message me through the, um, through the app, like anything. And I was just like, so blown away by his kindness and compassion and understanding. And like, um, and he was like, I totally get it. Like, I understand. And I'm here for you. And then also this is like a funny side note. Um, so we all know that, you know, I've been dating and I was like, um, so like, you know, I know that like my gynecologist tests for like, you know, sexually transmitted things. Um, I was like, but like, how does that work? I was like, um, since I'm getting blood taken anyway, like he was like, oh yeah, girl. He's like, we're a sex. I'm a sex positive. (laughs) He literally was like, I'm a sex positive doctor. Like, don't you worry. He's like, if you ever want to get tested, like if it's like, if you're not already getting stuff done, he's like, just message me. He's like, I no questions asked. He's like, I'm not judging. He's like, other doctors might. He's like, Mm. that is not me hundred percent. Like, what do you want done? We'll do this. We'll do that. Like we'll do the urine. Like we'll do it all. He's like, you might as well get it done while you're up there. And I was like, okay, absolutely. Like, so that was like also a very like enlightening, like makes me feel really good to know that Mm -hmm. I'm that supported in every way from this doctor. And I'm just so grateful because I know that there's plenty of doctors out there that are not like that. And most people don't have doctors. I've never had a PCP that was like that. Honestly, like mine have always been very just like, okay, are you eating? Are you sleeping? Yeah. And so I'm very grateful that at least in the meantime, while I can't get in with rheumatology, my primary care physician is very um, proactive and like actually listens to me and like sits there and was like talking to me. And he also, while we were talking, I was telling him about how the ophthalmologist caught that I was on too high of a dose like years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, while we were talking, looked up like in their system, um, what the max dosage for someone of my weight would be. And he was like, oh yeah, you shouldn't be taking more than 325 milligrams in a day. Mm-hmm. And I was taking 400 back in the day. Oh, gosh. Um, and I so even while we were talking, he was like, Yeah. He's like actively like coming up with this stuff, you know? So that, I don't know. It just like made me feel very heard, very seen, um, and just excited to continue. And that's what all patients want, you know, like, and especially like when you're dealing with a chronic disease, being able to be heard and just like listen to and have someone willing to work with you like makes the experience for the patient so much better you know and especially when it's someone like he's not even a specialist in the field and he's like you know what I'll do whatever I can like I am very he was like very clear of like I'm not a specialist but Mm -hmm. I'm here for you you know I got you whatever you need like I'll figure it out for you and just say just saying like I'm here for you much like a relief you know Mm -hmm. like okay like I feel safe like I feel like you know, in the meantime, between now and when I get to see my rheumatologist, like it's going to be okay. You know? And the other thing is he was like, do you need more of the Plaquenil? Like, and I was like, honestly, I have so much of it right now. I really don't. And he was like putting it in the system and he was like, he was like, um, Plaquenil and he was like hydroxychloroquine. And then he was like, Oh, he was like, Trump's all about that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I don't, I think I've talked about it on an episode, but I don't remember. I told him the story about like the time when I went to get my prescription and they oh, were yeah. like, I talked about that on here, right? Yeah, but say I'm trying to think what episode. Should I say the story again? 
Yeah, just a brief. Okay. <laughs> so basically he was like, oh, like Trump, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had a whole thing. And he sat and listened to my story and was like, what? That is ridiculous. He's like, some pharmacists are assholes. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and he was like, that's bullshit. And I, like, honestly, I know this sounds like unprofessional or whatever, but like, I love, like my therapist swears with me and like, I love a doctor that'll just sit there and like, oh, yeah. say it like it is. And like, I don't care if you swear, cause I want you yeah. to be real, no filter. <laughs> yeah. So the story is that back in like April, maybe May of 2020, like right after everything hit with the pandemic, I was still on Plaquenil at the time. And I was taking a lot less. I was like on my way weaning down. Um, but I had to pick up my prescription from the pharmacist and, um, or from the pharmacy and the pharmacy assistant was like looking at the, was like looking at the screen, looking at the prescription, looking at me like back and forth. And I'm like, what is going on? I've picked this up a million times. And she was like, um, one second. And she like goes to get the pharmacist and the pharmacist comes over and the pharmacist looks at me in the eye and goes, is this a prophylactic? And I was like, what? And I honestly did not know what that word meant at the beginning. Um, which now I know that it means like it's, you take it, um, as a precaution. And I was like, um, what? And she was like, what are you taking this for? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, first of all, I don't think you can ask me that. Like, especially when there's a line behind me and I'm just trying to pick up my prescription. And she was like, what are you taking this for? And I was like, I have RA, like I've been taking this for years, which first of all, she could have easily looked in the system and been like, oh, she's picked this up like every month or two for the past three freaking years. Yeah. And I was like, I have RA, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, well, we can't give you the full amount in this, um, in this order. And I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, I'm really, I don't. You know, like, this is what my prescription is for. You can't, it's literally sitting there filled. What do you mean you can't fill it? Like, it's filled. first of all, you can't be causing stress to someone who is picking up a freaking medication. Yeah. You don't look at someone picking up, you know, pain medicine and be like, what do you, what kind of pain do you have? Like, do you really need No, they literally can't. That's the thing. They're not, they can't. fucked up. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Yeah. I was freak. I was sitting there like shaking already. And then- she was, I was like, I have RA, like, you know, I've been on this for three years and she's like looking at the system, looking back, I can't give you all of it. And I'm like, I like, I'm so confused. I was just like, at that part, my heart is racing. There's a line behind me. I'm like, why am I having this conversation right now? I've done this a million times. Like I'm so confused right now. And I don't know what prophylactic means. I'm just like, what is she trying to accuse me of? I like, this isn't a pain medication. Like this is literally like, and she was like, you know, it's just that Plaquenil is really hot right now. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. At like, I was just like, what, oh, what does that matter? Like my prescription is filled. Just let me pay for it and leave. And mind you, the cost of the prescription was double what it usually was. Even oh with insurance, God. it was double. And I was like, this is insane. I was like, what is going on? And then I later find out that it's because Trump starts talking about hydroxychloroquine and everyone really is taking it as a prophylactic Mm -hmm. for freaking COVID. But all of this was happening. And I know for a fact that there are so many people, I'm like pointing at my microphone. (laughs) I know for a fact that there's so many people that went through the same exact thing during the pandemic. So if you did, please reach out because I would love to talk to you and just like be here for you, especially if you're still going through it somehow. Um, Because- I actually posted back um, 
during the pandemic, I was like super, super like up on TikTok and I posted it on TikTok and so many people started responding and I posted on my Instagram stories. Hmm. So many people were like, oh my God, the same thing happened to me. It's horrible. Or it's been happening for years or all this stuff. Like, yeah. And pharmacists are like, it's so messed up that she was so insensitive and I'm sitting there just like, can I please have my prescription so I can freaking get out of here? Mm -hmm. So finally she's like, okay, fine. And gives it to me. And like, I have to pay literally double. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you don't know about this, go to goodrx.com and you will always find like a discounted for literally any prescription. Um, for the most part, it's even cheaper than, um, than pharmacy prices. It'll give you a little like coupon for whatever store you pick your uh, prescription up at. Highly, mm-hmm. highly, highly recommend because I actually ended up using that and it gave me like, I don't know, maybe five less dollars than my insurance cost. It's crazy. Like I cannot even, don't even get me started on like, big, <sighs> but, and that's part of the reason that I'm kind of like wary about just being on drugs. But you know what? Like, like I said, 11, 11, big wish. Um, <laughs> so total random side fact. I'm talking to this guy right now. And he said that at 11, 11, he makes as many wishes as he possibly can. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, you, that's might as well use that, you might as well use that minute to really. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that funny? Oh my God. Wishes. And lyric that I was just talking about earlier. I see a message on my computer. She literally just texted me 11, 11. Oh my <laughs> gosh. How cute. Okay. First of all, Sorry. Okay, Go ahead. so my gosh. So yeah, when you, well, first Wait, of all, so to we, finish that story off super okay. fast, I literally walked out of there bawling my eyes out. Like I was yeah. so caught off guard. I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what they were saying to me. Cause like yeah. I said, I didn't know what she meant by prophylactic. I was like, I don't understand what you mean by it's hot right now. I didn't know that yeah. like Trump was talking about this. I didn't yeah. pay attention to the news yeah. at that point. Cause yeah. I was like, everything's negative. And so, yeah, I walked out of there bawling. I was like bawling my eyes out in the car. Um, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. It was literally so traumatizing. Oh, and I honestly, from that point forward, I started getting my prescriptions delivered to my house. Yeah. Like I called my yeah. insurance company and I was like, I don't care what I have to do, but I am not going back to that pharmacy. Yeah. As if people, you know, dealing with these, you know, type of chronic conditions don't have enough like yeah. anxieties and fear. Like they have to feel like embarrassed or put on the spot you know like that's Mm -hmm. that's just not okay like that's wrong on so many levels and I can only imagine the magnitude of which that's happening day in and day Mm -hmm. out by not just pharmacists but nurses and even doctors and you know and this is the thing about being like once you get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease like you are now like part of the medical system right Mm -hmm. so like what you said in the beginning of like oh, like when I got diagnosed with RA, like, and I just got to see a rheumatologist and I got my, you know, they put me on Plaquenil, like I didn't have an understanding of how hard it was to see a rheumatologist or Mm -hmm. even to get diagnosed, right? And it's like, when you get diagnosed with this, you learn like the ins and outs of the medical field in a way that you will never know unless- That you you don't want to know either, but you do. And I remember like when I first got diagnosed and they had initially uh, prescribed me, I think it was methotrexate and sofasalazine. uh, And she kind of let me choose which one I wanted to start on. I remember when I went to the pharmacy and seeing, you know, I'm picking up, I'm 28 years old. I'm going to pick up this medicine and seeing all these really sick people Mm -hmm. that were some of them were not even like old old they were probably in their like late 40s but they looked so old and Mm -hmm. so sick and I just remember like looking at their skin and it just looked really fragile and like just seeing these people like completely reliant on these medications and going 
oh my God, is this me? Like, is this going to be me for the rest of my life? And that's such a scary moment for everyone, you know, dealing with this disease is like, you don't know how many medicines you're going to be on. You don't know what medicine is going to work for you. You don't know what's going to like happen from that point on, period. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how long it's going to work for you because the fact is, what do they say? It takes like five or something medications for people to figure it out, like what works for them. And sometimes that includes multiple medic medications. But when you were, um, when you were about to start talking about this, it's crazy. Cause I never really see you get like super teary eyed. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm very like expressive, but yeah. you were getting teary eyed as you were about to talk about this. And, you know, I know, before you know we talked about you know what are we roughly going to talk about on this episode how difficult that was for you to be like okay like I had got off medicine right from doing this diet and lifestyle stuff that we're obviously clearly passionate about Mm -hmm. and then now I have to make that decision to get back on it and it was kind of like you were like but this feels kind of weird because it feels similar to what you just went through and Mm -hmm. like if you haven't listened to the previous episodes I was an on medication for five years and then finally I was like, you know what? I'm so sick of these like little tiny flare ups that are like, they're not, there's no tiny flare ups, right? It's all freaking mentally exhausting. Mm -hmm. Whether you have a tiny little swelling in your wrist that, that can prevent you from moving your wrist properly that whole day. Just one little (laughs) tiny little thing you know so it's like there is really no little or less of anything obviously yes it can get bad right to where you're like completely debilitated physically but the mental aspect Mm -hmm. of every single day dealing with some degree of inflammation or some degree of pain or some degree of stiffness it adds up it's just like added stress and it's like perpetuated stress and that's exactly one of the reasons that I was like you know what let me just try and see and also I'm so much more in tune with my body now than I was when I was on medication that I'm like if something goes haywire um like I'll know, you know, I'm so much more in tune and I'm not going to stop any of the other holistic things that I'm doing. I'm just adding this into my regimen for the meantime to just see if maybe it could make a difference. Um, something else that I wanted to mention, uh, based on like what you were just talking about was when I first went to the rheumatologist. So I had been like urgent care to specialist to specialist and went to the rheumatologist for the first time when I was first diagnosed And I remember sitting in the waiting room and like you said, literally all like 90 year olds, like all just like with walkers. And I was like, where the hell am I? Like, is this literally going to be my life? And I didn't know it was going to be a lifelong thing. I thought when I was very, I think I've talked about this too. When I was very first diagnosed, she wouldn't even like call it RA because she was like, it could go away, come back in a month and let's see. And it never went away. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing is like, I didn't realize what it meant. I didn't know that it was an autoimmune disease. I didn't know really anything about it until she gave me a little bit more info and was like, Hey, there's like some research saying that eating a more plant-based diet or eating less gluten or dairy, like might help just so you know, but she didn't really give me more information than that. I mean, that's even more than most rheumatologists would give you, but, um, I just knew that like eating would be one gateway to like feeling a little bit better. So I really dove into that very quickly. And other than that, I didn't know this was something that I was going to deal with for the rest of my life. Like I had no clue what I was in for. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of like blindsided in that way to an extent. 
Today's episode is sponsored by New Nature. New Nature is a company that aligns with our values as health coaches because they understand the importance of a healthy diet and lifestyle. New Nature offers all natural, gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO date spreads and date syrups, which are absolutely amazing. I've been using their product for over six months and I love them because there's only one simple ingredient, dates. Use code AUTOIMMUNEANDYOU to save 10% off your order at newnature.com. That's N-U-N-A-T-U-R-E.com. Yeah. And I think her saying those little words to you of like, oh, it could go away, right? Like that's something that you like like you zoomed in on. You're oh, like, for okay, sure. like there's a possibility. And uh-huh. and like in one aspect that could be almost like, I don't know, give you some hope of like, oh, I won't have to deal with it. But the reality is, you know, that's not the case for most people. There are like very rare cases where sometimes people take a treatment and then it goes away, right? But for the most part, like most of us are going to have to deal with these symptoms, you know, for the rest of our life if it's, if we're not managing it with, you know, our diet and our lifestyle and the medication. But the thing that I really want to like focus on with this conversation, the thing that Rachel is doing right now and what I had to do what was it, like four months ago when I tried the Plaquenil, is that we are both at a place in our life of understanding that we have to do what's best for Mm -hmm. our freaking, not just our physical health, but our mental health. Like if that is something that we need at that moment, Mm -hmm. that is completely okay. And that does not take away, if you're listening to this right now, and you're trying everything holistically and you really don't want to get on medicine because, you know, you don't want to give up on this holistic journey, just know that like it is entirely okay to go get yourself some relief. Mm -hmm. You do not have to let yourself suffer through it. And if you try medicine, you have the option to be like, actually, I don't like the way this makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you need to reevaluate things in your diet or your lifestyle or your mindset or your stress levels. But you have that option. You don't have yeah. to just be like, oh my God, like this is it. You know, I have, I've worked with clients that are like on infusions and yeah. high dose methotrexate and prednisone and all these different things. And, you know, within an eight month period of me working with them, they're able to wean down on these medicines because mm-hmm. they are doing the diet and lifestyle stuff. If they wouldn't have done that, they would have never been able yeah. to probably get off of these medicines. Totally. And now, like Rachel, because when she got fri- first diagnosed and like myself, we didn't do anything with our diet. We didn't know anything, right? So we were just eating whatever. But now Rachel has a system in place. I have a system in place now. She can probably be on a very low dose of Plaquenil, Mm -hmm. get her flare down, and then eventually probably get off. You know, Mm -hmm. like I think the key is to just allow yourself to get the inflammation completely down so you don't see that visible uh, inflammation in your knees or wherever that area is for you. And then give yourself that goal of like, I don't plan to be on this, but this Mm -hmm. is what I need in this moment. And I just have to surrender because my life is being affected in so many ways. And if you have kids and you have a job, you have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and you don't have time to go in a sauna, stretch, you know, make a juice, like all those things you need to do, you know, what you feel is right in your heart and for your own situation. And that's going to look 
so different for every single person. Yeah. I mean, it's literally all just about quality of life, right? Like as an occupational therapist, um, working in a hospital back in, back in the day, it feels like a different lifetime ago, like four years ago, five years ago, I stopped working in a hospital literally because I was diagnosed with RA. Like I couldn't work anymore. Um, that's the last time I worked in a hospital, but anyway, our whole goal as OTs was improving quality of life for people. And so for some people that does mean like medication management and for other people that just means like doing, you know, the diet and lifestyle stuff. And that's something that I'm so passionate about is like, it doesn't matter if you're on medication or not. And so I guess I had to kind of come to terms with the fact that like, I don't care if my clients are on medication or not, like it's all up to like what makes them feel good. So why would I like care if I'm on medication, if maybe I have the potential to like feel really good from it. And another thing on the flip side is like some of the clients that we work with, maybe they realize during the course of our coaching that being off medication isn't as important to them as they thought. And actually they're feeling happier and healthier than ever with the same exact dose and they don't need to. And that's totally fine too. Like there's so many different sides. And like Erica said, everyone is so freaking different that you have to figure out what that means for you. Um, and like, that's focused on your own journey because you know, if I compared myself to, you know, someone else and someone compares, like there, you can't do that because first of all, like we all have different home environments. We have different work environments. We have different life stressors. We have different relationships. Like there's so many factors that play into how we feel and Mm -hmm. how our symptoms are. So it's like, there's like, there's no need for comparison. Like the best thing that you can do is just focus on like, okay, this is my life. Like right now, like I have a nine to five job. I'm on my feet all day. I have two kids. I have to take them to like Mm -hmm. sports and all these different things. Like you have to evaluate that for yourself. And if you're trying to compare it to someone who works at home and like, you know, even comparing yourself to Rachel and I, please, Mm -hmm. please, please do not do that. Like Rachel and I are in a position where we do get to work from home. We get to set our own hours. And like, we do have time, you know, to go in a sauna and do some stretching and like, do like, you know, maybe extended amount of like meditation, but that's not going to be the reality for most people, sadly. Right. Because Mm -hmm. we live in a society where it's like, that's not the norm (laughs) to Mm -hmm. work from home. And like, to be able to take care of yourself is not the norm. And so if you look at us and go, well, they're like, you know, on minimal medication or they're not on medication. It's like, you got to take a step back and look at your life and be like, okay, these are the things that are probably contributing to how that I'm feeling. These are my resources. These are my finances. And that's going to look different for Mm -hmm. every single person. Not only does everyone have a different circumstance, but you could have a very similar circumstance to someone, but you mentally and physically handle it differently, right? Like stress affects everyone's body so differently. And so, yeah, just looking at, and maybe you real reevaluate and you look at your life and you're like, actually, I could incorporate some of these things that I really want to. Um, I just did a group coaching call with my clients. I do it once a month. So I did a, um, coaching call with my clients yesterday and we were talking about routines because all of my clients, it's so funny. They tend, we, we talked about this on one of our other episodes, but like we, um, my clients tend to kind of be going through similar things at the same time. Yeah. And so we talked about routines and how to establish, not only establish, but like maintain routines and how to not get down on yourself when you're not, you know, up on your routines as much as you want to be. Yeah. Um, 
And one of the things that I suggested for them to do is write down, like for morning routines, for instance, as an example, like write down, what would my actual ideal morning routine look like or your daytime routine or whatever. Yeah. And then look through that list and by getting it out on the paper rather than in your head, you'll realize that some of those things actually don't take a lot of time or effort and you actually could easily incorporate them throughout your day. Um, And then maybe you do start incorporating them or maybe you realize that like something I'm doing isn't necessarily aligned with what my ideal routine would look like. So why am I spending time doing it? Um, and so like little things like that, just like realigning yourself with your intention behind things and like what makes you feel really good can also help with that quality of life and like reducing the stress and, um, identifying like what actually is important to you. And maybe be, maybe what's important to you is something like what I dealt with where I'm like, what's important to me is knowing that. I can still get up and I can, you know, I really like morning workouts personally. Like I work out so much better in the morning. I want to be able to get up in the morning and do my workout right away. Like I used to. Um, and honestly, when I was on medications, I was able to like get up and just work out first thing lately. I have not been able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll work out, you know, maybe like an hour after I get up, but I want to be able to ride my bike to and from work. Cause that's my mode of transportation. I want to be able to continue to coach as many classes a week as I am. And I can't do those things without, I mean, I can do those things, but I don't think it's just, it doesn't feel sustainable to me without having something that can help to relieve some of the discomfort that I feel on basically a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying this out and we're going to see where it goes, like who yeah. knows, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's my little, uh, update. And also I guess I can mention now too, that like Um, about maybe just over a month ago, it was right before I came to California. I actually had my doctor fill, um, this meloxicam, which is like basically, um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, um, NSAID. And, um, it's basically just a prescription, um, anti-inflammatory. And I got it filled because I knew that back when I was very first diagnosed, it helped with my inflammation a lot. I was taking that and Plaquenil. Mm-hmm. And I just got it filled because I, like I said, was dealing with a lot of like small flare ups. And I was like, I am not going to go to California and be flared up. There's like, that's not an option. So I yeah. got the prescription filled just so I had it with me, mm-hmm. um, for like, just in case. And when I went to my doctor today, he was like, Oh, like, you know, you got this filled. Like, do you need it again? I was like, honestly, I'm just taking it. Like if I really need it, if I'm feeling like yeah. super flared out. And he was like, you know what? Like, no, literally like, like I said, he was like, no judgment, like whatever you need. I just want you to feel good. Um, he was like, you let me know, like if you need more of it or whatever. And he was like, honestly, that's a great drug. And he was like, I think it's, you know, really helpful if you need it. And that's another one where like that one didn't feel like as big of a deal. Cause I got it. Cause I was like, basically it's, it's kind of like getting, you know, like a higher dose a leave, like a prescription, a yeah, leave, yeah. for instance, it's like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. And you just take it when you need it versus mm-hmm. like Plaquenil where you like have to take it every single day and it has yeah. to build up in your system. Yeah. And so that one didn't feel like a big deal, but even that was weird. Cause I hadn't gotten any prescriptions filled for over a year. Mm-hmm. And so even going to the pharmacy to pick that up was like, yeah. Whoa, this is weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think I want to go back to what you said about clients n- maybe their goal changes of like when they first start working with you, like, oh, 
you know, I don't want to be on, you know, I don't want to be on as much medication, right? Like that's usually like initial goal for people. Like I want to wean down off my medication. Like I don't want to be on medication anymore. Or like I want my inflammatory markers down. Mm-hmm. And then as they start to work with you and they understand like the true importance of like the changes that need to be made, which are like mm-hmm. internal changes, right? that goal can change for them where they're completely okay with like, actually my infusions are working really, really well mm-hmm. for me. I don't have any side effects. Yep. I'm getting back to the things that I love and it frees up your mind. Like mm-hmm. this is the thing that I, you know, that I too work with my clients and I know it's like pretty much we're telling them the same thing together, but like it's all about freeing up that space in your mind and that energy to do the things that you love and to find joy again in your life. Because if you get so obsessed with healing holistically, and if you're listening now, I was there. I was there three years ago. For three years, I was obsessed with healing. And I was obsessed through healing, obsessed about healing through mainly diet. You know, I was obsessed. I was like, I need to find the right food. Like, just totally obsessed with it. And then as time went got, went on, I was like, this is not like sustainable. There's other factors in my life that are contributing to how I feel. But anyways, the point is, is that you have to find something that kind of frees up that space in your mind. Yeah. And if that's medication, like there should be no shame in this. And even though our podcast is about like holistic stuff, it doesn't take away just because you're adding a medicine to your routine, right? Your anti-inflammatory routine doesn't mean that everything else you're doing is completely pointless and it's not working so or you're not dedicated or strong enough or whatever that is that narrative that you're telling yourself it does not take away from that like I can tell you when I decided to try Plaquenil like I was at a place where I was like you know what if I can sit here like you said and tell my clients and be supportive of the medications they're on because I want to see their inflammation and their hands go down. I want to see them get back to doing the things that they used to do. I can't be sitting here allowing myself to like suffer through that. I was just going to say that we can't sit here and not judge our clients and then like judge ourselves. Like what? Exactly. So I think both Rachel and I are at an understanding of that, you know, we're not an all or nothing kind of we're not all or nothing. We're not like, it has to be totally holistic. Like there's tons of people in the community that are still very much like medicines are toxic. You know, you have to like, just be more strict with your diet more and more and more and strict. And it's like, we don't want to freaking live like that. Like we have to, you have to find that healthy balance for yourself. And sometimes you can't look at medicines as just pure poison. Like they're there designed to help you there's a reason they're created there's but a like, reason they're created yeah. but if you know you are doing everything in your power and you are trying your literally you're trying your best that's all you can do and the rest is like okay you have to kind of surrender and be like mm-hmm. all right let you know let go of the ego because your ego is going to keep telling you like, no, you have to keep doing it this way. And like, yep. you're, you know, you're a failure if you get on medicine, but that's not the truth at all. Like your worth doesn't, you know, decrease because you have to get on a medicine. Like mm-hmm. we're dealing with a freaking disease. I tell my clients all the time, like you, like you're, tr- we're all treating this, especially when you first, you know, get into like holistic stuff, you start treating it as if like, you're the reason why 
you have this disease and like you put all of your focus on if I'm flaring, then I'm bad. I'm the one doing something wrong. And that's not true because there's an underlying disease there. You know, there's an underlying disease. All we can do is the best we can to, you know, manage it as best as we can. Mm -hmm. And the rest is sometimes has to go to medication and that's completely fine. And, um, something to mention about you were talking about how like you used to be obsessed with diet and healing and yeah I keep saying we've talked about this on another episode but we really have so um we I think we had almost like a whole episode about this actually about um the fact that like there has to be a balance right you totally can quote unquote heal yourself right from certain autoimmune diseases supposedly based on science and stuff but you have to be super freaking strict with everything that you do with Mm -hmm. diet. And like, I'm not willing to do that. Like I know what I need to do in order to eat in a way that feels good to my body, but I am not willing to literally eat like five things every single day and that's it and nothing else and never stray away and not go out with my friends. That's hell too. That is literally so much more mentally tolling. Like I'm not doing that. I like to have fun. I like to go out and drink sometimes. I like to like move my body extra and like dance when I want to and like bike when I want to and like I don't want to have to like sit there and be obsessed with food. And that is just like, Mm -mm. so like that causes such mental, I can't even imagine the mental stress that it causes. Like I'm not doing that. Maybe I might be able to a hundred percent heal, but is it really a hundred percent healing? If, if you stray away from that specific routine, you flare up like, no, (laughs) no, no. And that's, that's actually a really good point. Like, so I have a client that has been eating the same five foods for the last three years And she feels that if she deviates from these five foods that someone told her, I'm not going to name the person, uh, (laughs) that has a program that says if you eat these five foods, you're going to heal yourself of this autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And so she's developed so much fear and anxiety around food. Like she doesn't enjoy a proper meal with her family and her whole just like life is just revolved around food and she's so stressed about it and she just wants to live this normal life. And so now it's crazy. She's working with me to get on medicine, not to get off medicine, but to wrap herself around the idea that she may need to get on medicine to incorporate more food back into her life Mm -hmm. and to have more joy and more like fun with her food and to be able to go on, you know, holidays and enjoy it with her family instead of going, okay, can I just get a bowl of rice and just like sitting there eating that while everyone's enjoying this delicious food and just kind of helping her work through that anxiety around the food and understanding that you have to come to a healthy balance within your life. And if you are getting so much inflammation from deviating from these foods, like you may have to get on the medicine, you know, and I didn't tell her that she came to me because she was like, I need someone to help me understand that I can't be like living like this anymore. Like I'm sick and tired of living like this. So it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how I'm like helping her do the opposite of like now uh, she just saw her rheumatologist. She picked up her medicine. So I have a session with her on Thursday. So I'll see how she's doing. But she was supposed to be incorporating a lot more foods back into her diet. Mm -hmm. But she's just like, yeah, that, that life is just, it's not okay. It's not okay. And even if you think it's okay, it's going to get exhausting after 
how many years it's all about sustainability like ask yourself with every part of your routine is this sustainable am I going to be able to do this for the next 10 years and if the answer is no like reconsider like we're not telling you what to do or not to do but at the same time like don't stress yourself out over trying to maintain something that just doesn't make sense to maintain like you have to look at your quality of life as not just like am I like you know, putting foods into my body that make me feel good, but also like, am I mentally able to keep this up? Because that mental part is going to play a, honestly can play an even bigger role in the way that you feel than anything else, especially because stress can do insane things to your body. Mm -hmm. This is a real thing in the autoimmune community. We talk about this over and over and over. So if you don't want to live that way, right, you want to live a life that's healthy. Obviously we're not saying like, just go eat like whatever the heck you want. Like, obviously you have to like tune into what your body needs and like eat a diet that makes you feel best. And I think we, we talked about this the other day where we're like, Oh, we should talk about this in this episode. If that is that if you are managing holistically, right. Without medications, right. And you're trying your hardest, you have to make sure you are consistent with getting your blood work staying in contact with a rheumatologist, getting your joints checked out because it is not okay to do this by yourself without seeing a specialist because you could be really causing a lot of irreversible Especially with natural supplements. Like if you don't actually need, like some people don't actually need like additional supplements for certain things because they have plenty of it already in their system. And so like making sure that you're getting your levels checked for everything. That's something that I've always been very diligent about is like making sure that I'm getting blood work every six months. um, Even when I'm not like regularly seeing a doctor, like I should be. Um, But I see a doctor at least once a year, I get blood work every six months. Like I try to be really up on that. Um, But yeah, it's definitely so freaking important. Yeah. I mean, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're like, oh my gosh, I've done irreversible damage to myself or sometimes, when you like thought you were helping too. Ex- exactly. And sometimes, you know, you may not have these really big visible joints to gauge off of how well you're doing. And there could be a lot of systemic inflammation going on there that over time is wearing down your joints. So for me, because I wasn't, you know, hadn't tried any medications for the first, you know, almost five years of my, well, pretty much my whole journey up into the last four months, I put, I made myself like be in contact with my rheumatologist, you know, Mm -hmm. let her know of like when I was going through flares, like, Mm -hmm. can I come in? Can I get a checkup? And just having her like evaluate my joints. I've had several x-rays on my hands, which are the most affected areas. Um, And just really having that open communication of like, you know, when I'm not feeling well, instead of like feeling ashamed about it, like, oh, I need to hide from my rheumatologist. Mm -hmm. I actually was like, no, like, that's when I need to see my rheumatologist is when I don't feel that I have it under control. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen a rheumatologist in a very long time because you're scared of what you, you know, what's actually happening, I just encourage you to like lean into that and be like, okay, why am I scared? Why don't I want to talk to her? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even if you go in there and say, hey, like I'm not still ready not to be on, you know, I'm not ready to be on medication. Just hear them out, you know, let them evaluate you and say, okay, well, here's your blood markers. They're very high. You know, you have visible swelling. You've had it for this consistent amount of time, like, and let them 
explain to you why they think it's a good idea that you might need to be on medication at that point in your journey. Yeah. I also want to share maybe a relatable point for some people, which is my mindset sometimes going to the rheumatologist or doctor where like, um, there are times when I can like see visible puffiness on like my knees specifically in my wrists, which are my two like highly affected areas. And I will like see the swelling, but then like labs will come back and it'll like be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have this mentality of like, you know, a lot of us deal with this with doctors a lot of times where they're like, Oh, well, your labs are fine. Like you should be fine. I have that fear of like, Mm -hmm. they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think nothing's wrong with me, but I, I know how I feel. Like I can see it in myself. I can feel what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have that, it's like a really weird fear of like, not necessarily being heard or understood, but like knowing what it is that you're going through. And I know this is a huge issue in the autoimmune community. Um, and so that's another reason why I was just so grateful for my doctor today, just being like, you know what, whatever you need, like, I got you. I understand. I hear you. Yeah. And I have the, I feel like I have the opposite fear of what you have is because I don't typically get really visible swollen joints. Like it's very, very rare. Um, But I get high amounts of pain in my body where it's almost unbearable at some points when I'm flaring and I feel very sick. I feel like I'm getting the flu. I have zero energy and it feels like I'm coming down with something really, really bad. So it's like I go and I look fine but my pain levels are super, super high. So it's like, we're all dealing with this kind of like opposite thing. And I was telling Rachel the other day, like your blood markers are not always like an indicator of actually what's happening. Well, which is exactly why so many autoimmune diseases are so hard to diagnose because they'll be like, your blood works fine. Like it's, I feel like that's a running joke in the autoimmune community of like, your blood works fine. So you're fine. And it's like, well, no, (laughs) but it's crazy because some people, their blood work does accurately show how they're feeling. And for For some, and like when I was first diagnosed, for sure, all my blood levels were like, definitely reflected that. Yeah. Like, what was it? Um, I don't know. Are we going on a month now since we went to the Joshua tree? went to oh my Joshua gosh, it's already been a month. That's insane. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah I think you're right. Um, but anyways, I got a flare after that because I told you, they, I think it was, there was definitely, like we've always said, it's never just one thing. There was a variety of things that were happening at that time. But I knew that my body was flaring because I was telling Rachel up until really the last, like, I don't know, five days, have I come out of that flare where it was kind of debilitating and I had zero energy and I just like had no ambition and I haven't been on Instagram and I'm just kind of focusing on myself. But I reached out to my rheumatologist and just messaged her and I was like, hey, can I get my blood work? Because like, I'm not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And so she put the labs in and my CRP came back elevated. So um, for my, like, I guess the scale for mine is like less than seven and mine was at like 12. Mm -hmm. So not like crazy over the limit, but that amount, I could feel it in my body for sure. And like, I wish you could check your CRP like every day. It would be really interesting. Like, you know how diabetics. How? Yeah, I was was just thinking that. I'm like, how have they not? Why can't they do that? Because like, I swear, like some days, like I feel like my inflammation is like nothing. Mm -hmm. And then like, it could be like two days later where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could feel that inflammation in my body. So anyways, yeah, it's just a good it's just good regardless to just have a 
good communication with your rheumatologist. Like, so for me, she knows that I try to do everything holistically as possible, but I definitely come to her when I'm like, okay, like maybe I need like a steroid shot or like, what can I do? Or she'll be like, you need to take in a leave, like, you know, twice a day for like a week. But then I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. That sounds like a lot, a lot of a leave. But anyways, at least I have that communication with her and she respects my decisions and I don't have to feel uncomfortable about, you know, being on or off medicine and, you know, but it's, it's taken like five years to like build that relationship with her. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Well, that was a lot of information, guys. This, we knew I, – I had a feeling like this was definitely going to be a longer episode, but sometimes we just have to have a longer episode because there's a lot of things that we want to share with you guys, and it's all, you know, it's all relevant. It's all related. Um, but, yeah, hopefully this conversation has been helpful for you in some sort of way. Um, hopefully if you're going through some of the things that Rachel has gone through or what I've gone through that you can relate it to your own life and hopefully make better decisions for yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about finding joy in everything that you're doing and making sure that no matter what, every single day you're taking steps to improve your own quality of life, whatever that means for you. And that means something different for everyone. Um, And making sure that any decision that you make for your wellness, for your health is from a place of intention and always coming back to that intention more than anything. Oh, something else that I wanted to like quickly, this kind of goes along with this, um, these parting words. (laughs) That's so cheesy. Um, but you were talking about goals with clients and how, um, sometimes the goal is like, Oh, I want my like blood levels to be better. I want to get off medication and something that you basically said, but I want to say it in like clear, concise, um, way to finish this out is, when I work with clients, I tell them to keep their goal to themselves. Like they can share it with me if they want to, but that long-term goal, they keep to themselves and they figure out a why behind that goal. And I want to know the why I'm like, I don't care about your goal. goal That's yours. That's, you know, I want you to have that self-accountability. I want to know your why, why do you want to do that? And so something that I personally have my clients go through is they come up with a goal on their own and then they ask themselves why three different times they ask Mm -hmm. themselves why. And then they say, okay, but why? Mm-hmm. And one more time, okay, but why? And yeah. that is your deep down intention behind what it is yep. that you want to do, no matter what it is, um, you know, healing the gut or feeling better or being able to like do the things you want to do or whatever. Yeah. Ask yourself why three different times and it will get you there. It will yeah. get you that true deep down intention. Um, and yeah. that is what it's going to keep you going on those days when you just don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. You're going to come back to that intention and you're going to kind of deep dig deep into your soul and you will find that true answer and you yeah. will keep going because of it. Yep. I mean, I completely agree. I feel like the goal usually like when it comes to like inflammation or being in less pain, like obviously those are valid, but those are almost like superficial to me. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get down to like yep. the deeper reasoning. Like what would it mean? It Like what would your life look like if you were in less pain and yeah, less inflammation? Exactly. What, how, how would this benefit not only yourself, but your family? Like what would, what would open up mm-hmm. if you were to dedicate yourself to these health goals? And I think, you know, both Rachel and I are, are just, we've said it over and over and over and over and over, but <laughs> it's all about intention. And if you don't have that deeper intention for why you're doing these, making these changes to your health, you're not going to have a reason every day, even when you're in pain to get up and go, mm-hmm. actually, I need to wake up earlier so I can make myself my celery juice. I need to get up earlier so I can do this little bit of movement to mm-hmm. get my joints going, whatever that is for you. 
Um, but yeah, setting that intention always, always, always. <laughs> and one last thing, don't forget to email us at autoimmune and you Gmail for more information on the retreat to sign up for mm-hmm. the second meetup because you don't want to miss out on that. Time is going to fly oh. quickly. Time is going to go by quickly and you'll so we'll be at the retreat. So um, oh. we hope to hear from you guys. Yay. Well, thank you so much for listening and we appreciate every single one of you. We are sending you all love and light and we hope that you lead the rest of this day, the rest of this week, the rest of this month and year. Oh my gosh. We're almost done with with joy and compassion and gratitude, especially for yourself over anything else, but for everyone that you come across, continue to spread light and joy and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to our autoimmune and you podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on social media. We really appreciate every bit of support. Sharing is caring. Every like, subscribe, and share that we get helps us get our message out to more people. 